Hi, Chan. Hi, Christy. Hi, Seth. Hi. Hello, Phil. Hello, Phil. Hola. <laughs> All right. Me, Let, let, let the politicking off. begin. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. exactly. Here we go. Let the games begin. I had a wonderful croissant this morning, Phil. Mm. All right, Seth. <laughs> Way to drop a hint. I'm just saying, I wouldn't mind Paris. Paris looks good to me. I've been, I've been to Athens. I've never been to Cape Town. I've never been to Dubai. I've, I've never. I think I stopped over in Seoul once. Um, I've been to Paris. These would all be great options. What's the <clears> what, what's the weather uh, forecast? So it'd be February city mm-hmm. nine. Yeah, 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 February. yeah. Do we have a sense cold. of what's what would the weather overlay be on these cities in February? I think we need we need our meteorologist, our, our in-house meteorologist, <laughs> to give us a. Who is best? <laughs> would that be Luke Watson? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, where's, where's, where's Luke? Where's Luke? Luke, we need the weather report for where's February in these five cities. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. This guy. is good. This is a true wild card, I think. Yeah, it feels nice. I, I visited Athens with Brocker after London last year, and we had a couple of days there. It was really nice. Um, went to, we went in the Aegean Sea. We got on a catamaran. Is that um, where you were violently sick? Wow. <laughs> no, that, that oh, was um, TMI. Istanbul. Was, um, you know, I, I caught it in Istanbul, but then when we got to Switzerland, that's when I was laid up. I think it was the food or too much travel or post-mint blues or something that got me. Postman Blues. The story, yeah. the story of our life in the last two years. I, I, oh. I think, I think for the first time we're coming out of Postman. I just started to feel normal on Sunday mm-hmm. since Tokyo. Like that was the first yeah, time. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. I think you're right on that, Phil. Yeah. Speaking of which, it's been a, an interesting transition from Tokyo to getting in the getting in the swing of things again here, and I feel us starting to ramp up again, mm-hmm. which is nice. Yeah, each city is sort of different. Um, and every time I think I know how to handle the, the post-mint, it sort of throws a curveball. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Chan, so I, know, I know you love Tokyo. How, how are you feeling? You know, uh, Patagonia really cured my uh, Tokyo blues. Uh, yeah, it's the city I really want to go back. I couldn't wait to go back again. But Patagonia is so special. So nature, nature heals. I agree, Chan. Yeah, I agree, Chan. That was such a magical trip. Both both Buenos Aires and Patagonia really changed me. Yeah, maybe I, the I season change helps so too. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've never been. I never had a June and winter, so it was a whole new shift for me. Well, now that we just announced the dates, we know that we will be there when it's warm out, which will be really awesome for people escaping, you know, cold places and coming to Buenos Aires in the fall. Hey, Phil, can maybe talk about like, how did, how did we arrive at these choices for the ninth city? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a process of following our intuition based on the previous cities. And, and we always learn something. I think if in New York we had tried to pick all 10 cities, the list would have been very different than the way that we did it, which was we do a city, we meet some people, and we try to learn where to go next and then have the community you know, choose from the options that are top of mind for us. And so for City 9, I mean, this is, this is going to be our last vote. We know we're going to Venice, Italy in April of next year. And so we wanted City 9 to represent you know, some of the best places that we haven't been to yet. And so we put out a call to the community in, in our Discord channel, and people gave us 
a bunch of options. I think we had something like, I don't know, 20 or 30 different choices. Paris, Cape Town, Melbourne, Seoul, Singapore, Istanbul, Athens, Mumbai, Amsterdam, Bangkok, Vancouver, like amazing cities to visit. And then, you know, we, we as a team sort of went through that list. We looked at what was most popular. We looked at where we felt as though would create a well-rounded roadmap and, and where we could really pull off a great event and came up with this list. Um, it feels really good. You know, as I look at these nine options, like, I mean, all of them feel compelling to me in, in one way or another. Um, it's interesting. It's the first list where I, I feel it's not geographically based, right? In the previous city, it was South America. And before that, it was Asia. And then it was Latin America. This really feels like a wild card. Seth, what do you think of this list? Um, I, you know, I, I, I like it. You know, I'm, I'm, there's a couple of cities I, I, I hope that we would have considered along the way. I remember, you know, way back in the um, early, early, early days of, of Bright Moments when we were just starting, I, I remember initially thinking that we would we would end up in uh, in tel aviv I, I had this kind of vision of like we're you know the last mint and you know instead we chose we, we chose venice be venice italy but i thought oh we're going to end up in in on the at the wailing wall in jerusalem bringing you know all three religions together for the final citizen mint and i think um the political situation changed a little bit in israel um unfortunately and made that a little bit more problematic I was also thinking for the ninth city at one point, um, my heart was really set on Cairo. And I had this vision of like us, you know, um, sailing down the Nile and going, you know, past Luxor and Karnak to Abu Simple and going into an ancient um, crypt or tomb or, or maybe even the pyramids, but, you know, going, going into, um, you know, like a, a tomb and, and having that mosaic, you know, pixel art kind of resonating with, you know, Chan's pixel characters of the, I guess, crypto-Egyptians. Walk like a crypto-Egyptian. Although that would sort of violate the city-specific wow. rule. Um, but then um, <laughs> uh, Samir, I won't blame it all on, on spongenuity, but I will. He did a little scouting trip with Hanan. And I think he got like violently ill last year. He went for a wedding. No, no, no. He got cursed. mosquito bites. So no, someone cursed him. You know, I think it was a combination. He got cursed, and he had some horrible mosquito bite that like blew up his leg. And he said, "Under no fucking circumstance are we going to Cairo. It's too complicated." And so I think Cairo just got you know in a very centralized way got crossed off the list. So I'm a little, I'm a little sour about that. Um, but all that being said, I think. Um, you know, Athens is is the birth of of the Western civilization, so that would be fascinating to think about. Because I think of, I I, I reflect I think about the, you know, first and foremost I think about the, the pixel art, you know, and and what would a collection of a thousand crypto citizens look like, and is there enough diversity and iconography from that land and from that culture, um, both you know naturally and historically to really give life to the collection. So I'm thinking about, you know, what would a thousand crypto Athenians look like? You know, what would a thousand crypto Parisians look like? I don't know what the, would it be? It wouldn't be Dubai. It wouldn't be Dubers or Dubaiers. A thousand crypto. Someone's going to help me here. I don't want to get in trouble or a thousand crypto soulites um, or a thousand crypto Cape Towners. You know, obviously, we haven't touched the continent. You know, there's a couple of continents 
that we haven't touched. Africa is one of them. Um, and so I think, you know, having representation in that continent, it would be pretty powerful. Um, I'm, I'm still waiting for Luke Watson's weather meteorological <laughs> forward looking forecast. Um, also given some of the changes of global warming to understand, you know, what kind of weather patterns were looking like um, in February. Something that's underrated about it taking us three years to get through this roadmap is like, we actually do have to think about some of these long-term things like, you know, political things changing weather over the period of multiple seasons. It's pretty interesting. Chan, you're the, you're the artist here. What, what stands out to you from this list? I mean, we only have nine cities to do, right? So I think we're art organization. So culture and art and and history, um, definitely plays a major part in everything we do and stuff in cities. So I think when you look at the list, not just this list, but the final list of all the cities we've been to, uh, I hope all the cities somehow represent part of our history and has a really significant cultural significance uh, representation. So yeah, I mean, like people said, Paris is always a good idea. So I think my heart is there. Maybe, Amici, I'll throw it off track. If anyone in the audience wants to come up and maybe talk about a city that's exciting for them, feel free to raise your hands. We had some good chatter online, but it's always nice to hear about people who have spent time in the cities or visited. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know Seoul has an amazing blockchain scene and, and they're doing something for Blockchain Week this year. Um, yeah, Dubai, the amount of interest in art and generative art that we've seen coming from that area has been pretty compelling. Also very, very progressive um, in terms of Web3 yeah. and crypto regulations. And, and not, not to get sort of yeah. um, um, uh, mercenary here, but how many citizens would someone need to buy to, to turn the vote? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see. So we could actually check. So I think, I think the last vote we had quite a few citizens vote. I'm not sure if there's anything the available most. on it. Yeah, we it was the most vote. yet. And it's really about like how many can you buy because at some point it becomes sort of prohibitively expensive. We had over 2,000 citizens vote, right? So I guess oh. it depends if like if you're trying to swing it towards an option that doesn't have a lot of support, you'd have to have, I mean, something like 20% of the DAO in order to really guarantee um, or 10% of the DAO, which uh, as far as I know, I don't think anyone has that that voting power. So it'd be hard, I think, at this point with the available circulating supply mm-hmm. to, to buy enough citizens to significantly influence or, or guarantee one city over the other. I'm very curious how this will go now that we also have Tokyoites involved. And mm-hmm. and so there's another, you know, a thousand people eligible here. So did you see the the tweet from Brian Armstrong yesterday where he posted from the, the front page of Japan Times about mm-hmm. how the, the, the crypto regulation in Japan is leading the way? Um for for companies who want to go there and we're like yes we know we told you amazing right we've been saying this for months but it's nice to see it show up in media um cool maybe if if folks don't have any comments on the city i think just in terms of the vote timing i'd love to get it launched you know maybe early next week so Mm -hmm. uh, very end of june beginning of july and we'll probably leave the vote open for a week um maybe two and similar to the past city so if, if you vote on this your airdrop chances for the crypto citizens in city number eight will be increased. So it's a nice little bonus for people that are active and participating. So we'll, we'll post an update when the vote goes live 
um, we need to just get some things finalized on our website to make sure that we're ready for people. But yeah, really exciting. Thank you everyone who contributed to the conversation. Yes. Um, and we'll obviously announce when we get the vote open so everyone can be ready. Um, and shifting gears, I know you and Christy and Seth and Chan and Leo all just returned from Buenos Aires and seeing that we just announced the dates, I would love for you guys to share some, you know, stories, some insights and some things for people to look forward to about, about going there. Christy. Yeah. Yes. I'd love to give my insights. Um, it was my first time going to Buenos Aires and Patagonia. I've always wanted to go. Um, and so it was really exciting for me to have the opportunity. Um, totally was beyond my expectations. Um, very inspiring city in so many ways. The architecture, the people, the way they live their lives, um, the attitude. It was a very sophisticated city. Um, everyone was very, um, you know, interesting. And they just have a just a good way of living. And it was really inspiring to see that, you know, coming from the U.S., coming from L.A. Um, so I was really, really excited and just happy to be there and just kind of absorbing all the cultural, um, you know, inspirations I could. Um, we went to Patagonia, Ocalafate, absolutely beautiful. It was probably the most peace I've gotten in years. Um, the phone didn't work half the time, so it was nice to not have service and just be part of the land and the, um, you know, the glaciers were unreal. And I just, I just think that it's going to be a city that will really change us in ways that we don't know yet. Um, you know, Tokyo is so different from Buenos Aires and Patagonia. So I think it's going to be a, a really good shift for for us you know as a group and even the collectors as well and the artists that uh, participate so i'm really i'm really excited i, I feel like it's going to be a very um a good turning point for us so yeah a lot, lot of positivity coming from the trip that you know that i was able to be part of yeah it was it, it was my first time in in argentina as well and I was, you know, I, I think a lot of the cities we've been to, Tokyo, London, um, New York, we've seen them in, in media so often. You've seen Big Ben, you've seen Manhattan, you've seen Shibuya Scramble. And I just hadn't seen Buenos Aires very often in media. Like it doesn't appear in movies, uh, at least not ones that, that, that I've seen. And so I came into the city without a lot of sort of preconceived notions of what it looks like. I mean, I saw the video, I think everyone did, of them celebrating you know, the, the World Cup win last year with the six-lane boulevard and people partying in the street. And there's definitely, I think, that sense of, of national pride. But it was really interesting to explore a city with fresh eyes and sort of, you know, see buildings for the first time, see monuments for the first time. Um, my impression was that it felt very European. And it felt like an interesting blend of Europe and Latin America where, you know, it's Spanish, but the cities had sort of a distinct European feel to them. Um, a lot, a lot of the food was Italian, and so we ate. I mean, a lot of pasta, a lot of red meat, a lot of wine. The the, the culture around restaurants was was pretty interesting. Seth, I think you saw that article about you know the restaurants being packed. You want to talk maybe a little bit about how the money situation affects people's dining and, and going out? Yeah, I mean, I think I think from the outside, it was my first time in in Buenos Aires as well. Um, I was really hoping we were going to end up there. It felt like a really um, important kind of cultural, um, important culturally and, and artistically and politically and economically um, in South America. And um, 
you know, you, you read about the currency crisis over the years and you read about inflation. And, you know, my assumption was that there's going to be, you know, chaos um, and a lot of visible like economic hardship and, and, and struggle. Um, and it just didn't feel like that. Um, I think, you know, and I, and I mean this in, in the most complimentary way, like Argentina is really good at inflation. They've, they've lived with it. They've learned how to deal with it. Um, there's, there's a, there's almost like two, there's two economies or two sort of currency exchanges. There's the official bank rate, which is roughly 250 Argentinian pesos to the dollar, um, which is what happens with, for example, with American Express or with, um, you know, any kind of official government transactions. <clears throat> and then there's the unofficial rate, which is called the blue dollar rate, which is named after the new hundred dollar bills, which have the blue stripe in them. And that's about 475 pesos to the dollar. So between 250 pesos to the dollar and 475 is just, is, is a huge Delta. And, um, and at the same time, uh, the largest peso, the largest bill denomination is a thousand pesos. So, which is about $2 and 50 cents. So, you know, you, you have, you know, if you take, if you bring a hundred dollars, hundred dollar bill or five, you know, $500 to get changed, you end up with, um, more than a wad of cash. It doesn't fit in your pocket. You need multiple pockets. You know, I remember when we went to, we went to a lunch and I went to the change place and I was changing some money for Phil and for Chan. I came back with like my sweatshirt pockets, just like stuffed with cash. And it's a weird feeling, you know, and it makes you, you know, what does it do? It makes you want to spend it. And, and so I think that's kind of, that's how the culture operates on some level, at least in terms of disposable income is there's a lot of people going out to eat. There's a lot of people kind of celebrating the moment. You know, from, you know, we spent time with, you know, amazing group of artists, um, you know, including Juan Pedro Vallejo, uh, who's really, um, um, you know, key curator and artist for us there, um, as well as Patricio, uh, who's the founder of uh, POAP. And, you know, you really start to understand, um, you know, for example, apartments, to rent an apartment, you know, is really cheap. Um, it's probably, you know, two bedroom apartment is probably $500. Um, so it's very, very livable. Um, people are renting um, apartments in pesos, but they're buying property in dollars. Um, a, a steak dinner for four people, is, you know, with amazing steak is probably $100 or more or less what it costs to order, um, you know, breakfast for two from DoorDash from Justa uh, in Venice Beach. Yeah. And, and because the currency is inflating so quickly, there's, it makes it really hard to plan, you know, and to hold money and, and invest. And so people have to spend it. And that really results in a culture of like, live, live for today, go out to eat. Um, I think, you know, most of our conversations and meetings that we had were over meals and you go out to lunch and it lasts three hours and then everyone goes and takes a siesta. It was a really nice lifestyle. Yeah. And all the restaurants were completely filled up at like two thirty three, which was, you don't see that in the U.S. You know, they were all just there enjoying their day, you know, midday, which is not common here in the U.S. Also, one other thing I noticed is it didn't seem to have a housing crisis um, like we do in the U.S., like because the rents are so affordable. Um, I think 
Um, it, there wasn't, I didn't see that many homeless people. I saw like just a few here and there, but nothing like LA or, you know, parts of California. So it was really interesting to see that. Yeah, it's, it's striking. I mean, the distinction between what you see in, in the media and the news and then going to actually visit a place, um, especially a place that feels as remote as, as Buenos Aires, it's an hour east of New York in terms of the time zone. So, you know, it's within sort of a North American time zone. So it's easy for people to do remote work, but it is so far south. Like, it, you know, from Los Angeles, there's no direct flight. So we, I flew to Atlanta. I think Seth and Christy flew to Houston. And then you get on another plane that's a 12-hour flight. And then if you want to go down to Patagonia, it's another three-hour flight. And these aren't, these aren't small planes, right? It's an Airbus to get from the mainland United States to Argentina. And then from Argentina, from, from Buenos Aires down to Calafate, it's, a, I think, a 737. It's another big plane. So the country is just – it's so big. It's, and it's, it's so far removed from the rest of you know, the, the Western world and North America – um, I think that really shines through and they've sort of had to create their own culture because there's less of the diffusion that you get from being right up next to each other like we are in, you know, America and Europe. Yeah, exactly. I also think it protects them in a way, you know, it kind of like filters people that would probably normally go there to take advantage of their economy and like live like kings down there. I think it, they won't, they won't go down there. They'll go to Mexico City or other places. So it, it kind of is this like protected area, you know, where it hasn't been super gentrified yet. Like you see most cities like Mexico city is going through that right now. And I think it just has this like layer of protection because it's so far and it makes it even that much more of like a reward to get there. Yeah. And, and so on these, on these scouting trips, you know, thank you so much to, to Leo who, who helped put us together a program. And it's always a combination of structured time, which is, you know, meetings with people and, and touring spaces and unstructured time, which gives you the opportunity to, to think and, and maybe, you know, stumble into places that you wouldn't necessarily find if, if you were, you know, looking for them. Um, we also had a, a great meetup with the community where about 50 people showed up and we got to know each other. We explained our story and, and who we are. And, you know, we were able to share videos from Tokyo and Mexico and, and the type of event that we hope to put on in November. And, you know, during that meetup, something interesting happened. We, we talked about the crypto citizens and we talked about this idea of, you know, creating a, collection of a thousand pixel characters based on uh, people who live in Argentina. And we asked what we felt was a simple question, which is what should we call it? And nobody could agree. You know, it was, it was the crypto RGs and it was the crypto Argentos and someone recommended the crypto Che. And, and, and as a city, it was sort of very interesting to see that there wasn't one universal definition of what the crypto citizen should be. Um, and so we sort of left Buenos Aires down, and headed down to Patagonia without knowing what the citizens would be called. Um, and Chan, maybe you just want to talk about how you're thinking about the, the collection of citizens, you know, how our experience in Patagonia went and how that's affecting, you know, your, your idea for it. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it was, it was hard to find a proper name for Buenos Aires, a people of Buenos Aires. Kind of like we, we did a lot of research then talking to people, like you mentioned in the meetup, nobody can agree on. Portenio seems quite uh exclusive almost feel like uh like people of manhattan kind of looking down upon people outside of the island so don't really have a con concrete idea the city also has a really um, a lot of interesting diverse mix of identities and the history and cultures from the past so then when we went to patagonia really amazing place right nature then basically on the final hour when we about to leaving in a little airport with four gates, 
this idea of just doing the people, the citizens represent the region of Patagonia just struck my head. It's just like, why do we have to do a citizen for a city, even though that's been the tradition? You know, we we have um, Galacticans represent the metaverse. Um, would it be cool to actually kind of dedicate one of the 10 collections to a natural region, which also what feel to us very strongly is you really get a sense you're at the end of the world, right? It's a very special region uh, geographically. You really feel like you're far away, like Phil mentioned from rest of the world and the landscape, everything, the, the culture there is just fascinating. So the idea of doing crypto Patagonias all of a sudden just feels really, really exciting after visiting land. Then we kind of did a quick chat in the terminal before boarding. Everybody just feels the same, you know, all of a sudden everything just um, just feels quite natural. Like it is very um, kind of a proud part of Argentina. You know, whenever we mention to people in Buenos Aires, they're all very excited for us to go down there to check out Patagonia. So, so Patagonia has just become this kind of idea. It just feels quite right to us. And how does the name affect the art, Jen? I mean, I'm still working on it, but I think a lot of, uh, you know, um, Patagonian culture is going to be the first collection with natural backgrounds, not a city background. So we'll, you know, have a lot of landscape uh, kind of pixel art in the backdrop. And we had mate, all these things just come, come naturally in there. And there's a lot of wild animals too. Um, so that would be interesting besides just the pets in the city, you know, like, so it's not just a city thing anymore. Yeah. I mean, the natural backgrounds for Patagonia, it was like nothing I've ever seen. I, I love the United States of America. I've been to most of our national parks, but Patagonia was pretty incredible. Seth, what was your impression of the, the glacier when we saw it? it? You know, in technical terms, it, it melts your face, you know, like it, it's, you know, as much as you, as much as you've like read about it. So, I'm going to step back a little bit and talk about like, um, you know, what's the plot? You know, what's the story of Bright Moments? You know, the story of Bright Moments is, you know, we're a, a, a band of misfits who somehow found our ways to each other right after the pandemic and started minting these weird citizens in a, a sandy, sandy, you know, little gallery space on a brick wall off of Venice Beach. And something happened, right? It, it sort of, something came to life that none of us had expected. And it was very site-specific and it was very um, uh, time-specific and it was specific to the people involved. And, you know, we were intentionally or unintentionally trying to um, crystallize on-chain, you know, generatively what, it felt like to be right by the Venice beach boardwalk, you know, in July of, you know, 2021 and we captured something and it was kind of like we opened up the wormhole and connected the IRL world to the blockchain world. And, and then we went to New York and New York was, um, was different. New York was art. New York was culture. Not that Venice wasn't, but Venice wasn't, you know, New York was, the gallery world and it was Soho and it was, you know, ETH was, was pumping and we did the, you know, Tyler Hopps show and, 
the the crypto New Yorkers were, um, um, you know, peak JPEG summer, you know, late JPEG summer, you know, in the fall there with NFT New York and the backgrounds were Central Park and it was snow and it was people coming out of the the curtain and running down the, um, uh, you know, that walkway and somebody, you know, ran right into the fucking Samsung screen. Um, right. <laughs> on the mic. So like, and that was New York and, and then, you know, Berlin. And so what started to happen is we're like, wait a minute, like we have a chance to bind a, a very specific physical, cultural, um, real world experience with these on-chain attributes and we can only do it once and we feel a sense of responsibility to ourselves as artists and creators and technologists um but we also feel this strange sense of um, responsibility to our future selves which is you know our kids and our kids kids and and history because we know assuming Ethereum is around, that um, this collection will last, that it, it will remain on chain for generations and maybe other species to come or interplanetary beings that come to this earth in the future and, and look at this collection. Um, and so, you know, I think by the time we start thinking about Berlin, we're like, okay, you know, what is the zeitgeist? Um of the crypto Berliners. And, you know, the word that, that kept resonating, especially when we found Kraftwerk was monumental. And it was this kind of Blade Runner, expansive, you know, warehouse of Kraftwerk. And we all felt that and we brought that to life. And then I remember, um, you know, in the middle of, you know, day five or, or night sticks at Kraftwerk. And I remember, I think it was with Ian Rogers was there um, with his wife Hedwig and, um, and Jeff Davis and Casey Rees were, were, were coming down the elevator when we were coming from rituals. You know, they're like, oh, what's next? You know, how are you going to top this? What's London going to be like? And we just said, okay, well, it's going to be the opposite. It's going to be small. It's going to be intimate. It's going to be bespoke. It's going to be luxurious. It's going to be all about craft and, and finishing details. And that's what London was. And it was a tiny little, literally a jewel box. You know, you, you sat in, you know, you went to Mayfair, you went to Albemarle Street. Um, maybe you went across the street to, to the, to the um, Donovan Bar at um, Brown's Hotel and had a cocktail. You came back, um, you know, Avi or, or, or Antonio or Henry, you know, or Phil was, you know, waiting for you. And Charlie was there and Dole was there and Anissi was upstairs. Um, and, and Christy was up there and Tyler was there. And um, you were sort of escorted into um, that drawing room and you sat there and you got to choose champagne or, or you got to choose um, uh, tea and you sat there and you had your little magnifying glass and you opened up the jewel box and the music started playing and you started and you saw your little crypto Londoner. And then there was, okay, well, what, what are you going to do in Mexico? Well, Mexico was communal festival, right? It was, um, it was very spiritual. We had the dancing, 
um, you know, native Indians uh, for a couple of nights. Um, we had the drum, the, the strange, you know, avant-garde drummer a couple of nights. Um, we had Damien on the DJ. We had Beretta playing. Um, we had that amazing food at Taverna. Um, it was very good. Mikey and Lucio. We had the, uh, with Junior with the poncho, we had the caca, caca, you know, we had Phil and Madison getting engaged. Um, we had a fire up on the roof once with a little sanctuary that Christy and Deanna made. Um, but it was very, um, it was very Mexico City, you know, and it was very, I guess our keyword was smoke and mirrors, right? And then, you know, okay, so what was Tokyo going to be? So, you know, what you started to see and what we're living through is, you know, before we finish this roadmap, we want to express ourselves, you know, express ourselves as a community, express ourselves as a DAO, express ourselves as a project, express ourselves as a piece of art across all these different dimensions and limbs of the world. Um, and, and to find all these different extremes and, you know, zig in one place and then zag in the next place. And so Tokyo clearly was, I don't know, it was the opposite of Mexico City, but it was extremely different. It was the middle of the world. It was a skyscraper, the most high-tech installation experience, working with PICS and Digital Garage. Um, and, and that level of fit and finish and, and, the, and the lights that, you know, for the contemporary Japanese experience that, you know, the, those hanging orbs, uh, you know, kind of light forms that would change based on the colors outside in Shibuya and the Murakami fog room and then the AI room. And, and, and it was like, it was an amazing high tech gallery experience. And then we had the Asakura house that was totally wabi-sabi zen. Um, and we had amazing food and amazing workshops an amazing, you know, digital technology and you felt so connected and there was, you know, every day we were, you know, living literally in the Shibuya scramble and, you know, more people than I've ever seen in my life. And I've lived in, you know, New York for a long time, but just the, the population density really made you feel like you're in the middle of the world. And I remember one of the last nights uh, with, uh, with Luke and with, with Phil, um, Kind of, I think Phil was like, "Oh yeah, after the being in the in the center of the world, you know, where do we go next? The end of the world, and you know, what is the end of the world? Well, when you think about the end of the world, you think of Tierra del Fuego, you think of the southern tip of um, Argentina and Chile, and so now, kind of looking forward to Buenos Aires, it it makes sense that we've gone from." one extreme, which is Tokyo, which is the middle of the world, the center of the world, to this incredible expansive landscape. And so our plan is that we're going to start in Buenos Aires, uh, November 2nd through 5th, and, and have that experience and being in this amazing, sophisticated, calm, um, beautiful, you know, one of the capitals of South America that has amazing history. Um, we have some really great ideas for, you know, how do we create um, on-chain experiences that are also like fundamentally offline, that are more analog, that are more physical and tactile and, and not so uh, digital, but are nevertheless um, very much part of this journey of exploring on-chain culture. 
And then we have a special expedition that we're planning uh, for one particular artist that will continue south uh, into Patagonia the following days. And um, it's a landscape like none other. You know, it was the, the largest expanse of land without seeing a single person. And when you see the glacier at, um, you know, Perito Moreno, it's, um, it just changes the way you think about the world because not only are you looking at a sheet of ice, but you almost sense that it's moving in slow motion. You know, to go from the Shibuya scramble to that glacier is really like, you know, you know, looking at the, the globe and, you know, you always say when you're a kid, if you, you know, drill a hole down, you, know, you end up in China. I don't know if that's totally true, but like, it really feels like the polarities of the world. That's my rant. It certainly felt like the end of the world. Wow. I, um, <laughs> it was the first time and it sounds sort of trivial, but I don't remember the last time that it, I didn't have cell service for a day or two. And um, Starlink is coming to Patagonia next year. And so this is probably the last opportunity to find a spot on this planet that's not totally saturated with reception. And there's something about it that happens. And it, it's not immediately, but you know, you get out of cell service and you check your phone and you go, oh yeah, okay, I don't have service. And you check it again, you go, wow, I really have a habit. And after about an hour, you stop checking. And then after a few hours, you start to notice things around you that is really hard when you're staring into a screen. And I think so many of us in this space spend a lot of time on social media. We spend a lot of time in the digital world and there's a lot of good things that happen. We make a lot of friends that way. But for me, the best part about the trip and, and getting down south to Patagonia was sort of this forced disconnection. And I'm hoping that we can share that experience with, with more people and hopefully do it in a way that feels really intentional and positive. Yeah, Phil, you're exactly right. Um, I also noticed in, in actually Buenos Aires, a lot of people were not on their phones. I feel like culturally these people are way more present um, than like in the U.S. Um, so I agree. It was a nice place to just disconnect completely, not be on the phone. It actually kind of changed my habit when I came back to the U.S. I'm not as on my phone as much, and I really have so much gratitude towards that, thanks to, you know, Argentina. Yeah, and, you know, I think um, we want to share more about the show schedule and the potential venues and dates. We're still in the process of finalizing things, and so maybe now isn't isn't the right time. But just to allude to it, you know, if, if Tokyo was the most digital and high-tech experience, we want Buenos Aires and, and Argentina to be analog. And we want it to feel like you are, you know, maybe offline. And so that's sort of the inspiration. That's the prompt. Um, we're hoping that we can bring it to life and that many of you join us. We also know that City 9 is going to be in February. And then City 10 will be in April on 4-20-2024. And so this thing of completing the roadmap that we've been talking about for three years feels like it's going to happen. It's in sight. We have, you know, a really strong vision for how city eight should look. We're excited to see where the community sends us for city nine. And then we want city 10 to be a celebration. There's so many people that have helped along the way, both people who have contributed, you know, as part of the core team, our community members, people have minted with us in each city. Some people have been to every city and we really want that, you know, celebration in Venice, Italy next year in April to be, a finale and to have everyone who's been there along the way have an opportunity to come and celebrate and be a part of it. So it feels really good. I was in the, the post-mint funk from Tokyo for a while in May because Tokyo is just such an amazing place and the time zone is really hard and I was waking up in the middle of the night and I feel good. I feel energized and recharged and ready to 
pull this thing off. So, hello, Richard. I think that when we were talking about some of the earlier cities, you raised your hand, but you didn't get a chance. How are you? Not sure if you're still there. Richard Kosky. He's been to so many cities. I'm curious to hear what he has Luca, to say. Luke chimed in in the comments. He said, I'm on a flight, so I can't speak. I know from experience that Paris is much cooler <laughs> than you'd think in that time of year. Still worth it. Layer up your crypto citizen hoodies. Thanks, Luke. Danny Boy said, is the alpha that every crypto citizen mint comes with free Taylor Swift tickets? I will be going to the concert. It is November 10th in Buenos Aires, just so you know. Um, I didn't raise my hand, but I'm glad to be here. <laughs> Happy to have you, Richard. Thanks. Good talk today. Yeah, thank you. Is there anyone that wants to chime in either about the vote or about Buenos Aires or something that they're looking forward to after hearing all of these? Seth's Seth's pictures of Patagonia were just unbelievable. It's Mm -hmm. stunning. Just stunning. Thank you, Richard. uh, They were on an iPhone. My biggest regret is I didn't bring my big camera. But when I go down there, oh, well, even then, yeah, fantastic. All right, hey, Andre, how are you? Hey, how are you doing? I hope you are doing Welcome very well. Stage. Yeah, it was yeah, cool to you. meet you on the meetup in Buenos Aires. I really enjoy it. Actually, I knew a little bit more about your what you are doing around the world, and also share some comments with the people that was there and i think most of them are excited about it so we are waiting for november to live the experience and yeah actually uh, i hope to be there and as i said you know i really like the project your vision and what you're trying to do and the thoughts that you have behind each city like what you're doing came in some month before to understand the culture, because I think your project as a way of, of transferring knowledge and culture around the world and interchanging like these concepts, maybe you experience what it's to, to be in Patagonia, but not most of the people has experienced that. So it's interesting how you transmit that into NFTs, the crypto citizens, citizens to, to be able to share with others that are not able to live that experience. So that's something that excites me a lot. And I, well, as Argentina, like I love my country. I think Argentinians are a little bit egocentric there. We love to say that we are Argentinians and every every place we go, like we, we say we are Argentinians and we put some of our culture there. But yeah, just wanted to, to, to share this with, with you guys. I am excited. I'm waiting for November. Bye-bye. Oh, I can't Aww. wait to meet you. No, thank you. I, I got to meet him. I was so happy to meet you, Andreas. So thank you so much. He's 17. That's wow. crazy. So smart. Yeah, the, the crypto culture in Argentina was really interesting. Um, We've done a lot of education and onboarding, and it felt like many people were ahead of us. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, we've been in Bitcoin for a long time as a function of necessity. Um, and so we have a lot to learn. So, Phil, I, I know this is not exact math, but how many, how many people have minted on primary, which means physically, in all cities so far? Ah. Uh. I can do some rough math, right? So we've done six in-person cities. We try to have 334 locals, which have to be in person. So that's 2,000. And then 
you know, call it another 200 people that come because they're citizen one and airdrops. So that's 3,200. And then plus some golden token holders, plus artist events. I'd say between four and 5,000, probably in person, people that have done a live mint um, back in the napkin. But then like how many of those have been to every single one? Oh, less than 10. Wait, really? I think so. I think it's Max, Richard. No, including all of us, including like, you know, team. Like, are we down to like, you know, by the time we, you know, by the time we get to Buenos Aires, how many people will mint, you know, how many people will mint a crypto Patagonian the weekend of November 2nd who will have minted every other prior city as well? I really don't think it's that many. I would be I would be shocked if it's more than twenty or twenty five people because Venice is the bottleneck. You had to have been in Venice in order to be able to have minted all of them, right? And so there's so many folks on our team who have been with every city since they've joined, but maybe weren't in Venice or weren't in New York. So it's a really small group. That's weird. I yeah, know. he's right. Phil's right. That is very small. It's like smaller than you think. Because yeah. it's like the ultra marathon. Actually, Berlin. I think Berlin was <laughs> the one that we a lot of people maybe missed. Well, the war the yeah. war broke out. It was hard, yeah, particularly for people coming from the states. It was like I'm not going to Berlin when Russia just invaded Ukraine. Yeah, it's a super it's a super small group, and it's really interesting. Like, I don't know. I feel like when you think of the NFT space, there's sort of a general archetype that comes to mind. Like, oh, who's your community? And I really struggle to put us in a box. It's like there's not a single age or gender or even ethnicity. Right? It's not a bunch of you know dudes from new york city or from the united states like it's all over the map um and yeah it's 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 very it's very interesting i'm really excited to see who shows up from tokyo that's going to be what i'm most excited about because i think that's i mean that's a hard trip that's really dedication how many stops probably at least two right i I guess you fly from tokyo to maybe atlanta and then from atlanta to buenos aires would be probably the non-stops yeah. Or San Francisco or LA. Delta's opening a flight uh, late October. That's a direct flight from New York City to Buenos Aires. So people that live in New York will be able to fly directly um, on Delta. Yeah, we should pr- we should promote that and let people know because that's a key that's a key opportunity. Now that we've announced the dates for people, they can fly down at the end of October or the beginning of November directly from New York on Delta. Yep. All right. Thanks for bringing us together, Mace. This was great. Yeah, this was really nice. Nice to see everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you for all your support. Um, really quickly, I wanted to see if Lucio wanted to say anything about Buenos Aires because Lucio's from there. And I think Lucio's on the call. I would love to hear just, yeah. really, just like any kind of thoughts or perspective on how that will perspective. be. Perspective. Or because, you know, this is where Lucio's from. So I don't know, see if you want to talk about it or not. Just invited you to speak, maybe you can feel comfortable. We have a question in the chat, which is how long would you recommend oh. coming for? Mm. Um, so the, the official Good dates question. right now are the second through the fifth, which is a Thursday through a Sunday. Um, I think a lot of people are going to want to go to Patagonia afterwards. And so I highly recommend making the trip. Um, you know, I, I, I think there's gonna be a lot of people who after the event is over, get on a plane and fly down to Calafate or Ushuaia, um, to experience Patagonia. And so I think a week, I mean, it's so far, you really want to spend at least a week there because Buenos Aires is amazing, but there's also, you know, the natural landscapes. And if you're going to fly to Argentina, it's definitely worth seeing. 
So block out a week of your calendar, I would say. Cool. Maybe we can right. circle with Lucio afterwards. I, I'm also curious. Oh, we have another. Oh, there we go. Yes. Hello. Hey. Welcome. Yay. Hello. Hey, how are you all? So good. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm so excited. Like everything that you were speaking about, Argentina. And for me, something interesting is what you said about being offline. Because, of course, in Argentina, it's a different uh, reality. And in most of the things, I, f I feel that we are also very old school in a way of relationships and in a way of the uh, being present in the moment and try to connect about what is happening. So I think that's very interesting what you said. And also, I'm, I, I arrived late in the chat, so I, I don't know uh, about where is gonna be the, the event. Um, we're still finalizing the locations. Ah, I, I thought that you already already fixed one because I saw like saw some pictures in a, some old castle in Argentina, in Buenos Aires. Technically, we, yeah, go ahead, Phil. We, we don't want to get our hopes up, but we found a really amazing location that is uh, has an amazing theater inside of it. And so that's, that's maybe all we'll say now, but it fits in with the analog theme. We still need to, to make sure it's confirmed. Ah, okay, great. I think I think I know what you're talking about. And an old theater, right? Yes. yes and it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah, from like the, the early 1900s, late 1800s, um, I think it was built. So it was during a very promising time in Argentinian history. Wow, great. And then in a, a, you you were going to Patagonia, but you you I mean you didn't you didn't have time to go to in to the rest of the country, right? You you need a lot of time, because it's so different everywhere. You know the middle, the north. You have like all the different. Uh, you know you have the mountains, you have the ice, you have uh, hot, you have winter, you have like it's all mixed, and it's uh, it's incredible. To, to be able to understand the complexity of the country itself. Yes, no, we started to realize that once we were there, like, oh my God, this is there's so much to discover in, in Argentina. Like, it, it blew our minds. And like you said, every vegetation, so many different cultures. Different cultures, but uh, did you realize that Buenos Aires is like a bubble? You know, Buenos Aires is like Europe. It's not even like Latin. I feel like it's like Europe from South America. It's so yes, different yes, from the rest. Yes. The rest for me is yep, like really so Argentina. Right. Yes, no, you're right. It felt like Europe for sure. And I hate, I know, I'm sure some people don't like to, to hear that. But yeah, I did feel like Europe. I felt like I was in, you know, Berlin, Paris, yeah. you know, parts of Spain. I mean, I, I'm from I'm from city center and I know I understand, but the real culture, it's like outside Buenos Aires. Yeah, I think I, I, I feel that. I think once we left Buenos Aires, we started to see like, like, I guess, the heart of Argentina through, like, leaving Buenos yeah. Aires in a way. Yeah, you don't need to go far, far away. Like, I live 100 kilometers away from Buenos Aires. Uh, like, here the things are so different. The people live slowly here. Like, you have uh, houses with big gardens. And you, at the afternoon, hang out with people to drink mate and eat facturas. And most of the people have farm, have their own vegetables and fruits. Like it's different, you know. And, and they 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 really live slowly and enjoying the moment. 
drinking mate. So yeah, you don't need to go far, far away, but it's a whole new reality. I love it. I honestly love Argentina. Just from that little exposure I had, I just love that the pace in itself is like a really good pace for me. <laughs> yeah. But I also, I, I was also very surprised before I knew everything about Bitcoins and every, like, I, I mean, I, I realized when I was uh, living in Europe that I'm living here since a lot of time, maybe it's 13 years. But uh, when I realized here, I come back to Argentina and there was such a, a big uh, culture because of the necessity, because the 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 money doesn't never like it's all, all the time going up, down, up, down. I think now is the worst situation ever there about um, the economy and this necessity of of uh, being involved, you know, in the crypto, uh, I think create as well this this big culture that the Buenos Aires or Argentina has for me. Yeah, we definitely saw saw some light into that. It was it was very interesting for us because I feel like there, you know, there's just there's no denial there. There's just the people living around it and figuring out their own systems. I, I had a lot of respect for that. Yeah, of course. And also the in, the insecurity of the city as well. Will we see you there, Lucio, in November? Of course, I'm already there. Yay! <laughs> Get, your come to you. ready. Get your performance ready. Of course. We can't wait to see it. Of course. <laughs> well, I send you a lot of kisses to everyone. And yeah, let's, of course, let's keep in touch. And I hope to see, see you all in November. Of mm. course, Lucio. Thank you so can't much, Lucio. And we'll be, yeah. we'll be definitely keeping yeah. you in the moon. Okay. Appreciate your perspective. Yeah. Mucho, muchos besos para todos. Oh, muchos mm. besos. <laughs> chao, chao. Te amo. Te amo. Well, I think we're at the hour here. And that was really, really lovely ending note. So I appreciate everyone who spoke. And um, I'm just really excited for, for the summer and um, all of our plans here. And the vote. It'll be very interesting. Next week, also, we have uh, Julian Hespenheide in Berlin. So much. So, so much art. All the things. <laughs> So much art mm. and so much love. Thank you. Thank you all. Bye, everybody. Bye, Abby. Bye. Have a beautiful day. see you there. Day. Appreciate all of you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Bye, Juan RG. Juan RG? <laughs> <laughs> Mario, Mario Daniel. Oh, my God. So yeah. so Charlie. <laughs> Jacob. <laughs> bye, everybody. All right. We're Fam. Bye, everyone. Bye, bye. Bye, bye. Dirtus. Dirtus. Mikey. Love you, Dirtus. Claudio. Okay. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Lucas.